This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Here's Barrett from Shake and Bake, down the three. Maximize in the crowd with Barrett. Five on the 24. Barrett previously in the air. Hold the drive, the land. is Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4 where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Hope everybody's doing all right. <laughs> um yeah, episode 132 tonight. Um we're going to keep doing our uh draft scouting reports and keep hitting on them, hitting on these pre-draft prospects and um but you know, what's today's day? It's May, uh, no, it's June 1st already, guys. June 1st, as I am recording, 8 p.m. Um, wow, I can't believe it's fucking June already. I, I feel like time flied. Even though we're in a, you know, a bit of an odd time where it kind of feels like we're stuck. Time is paused. At the same time, I just feel like you look up and it's already the be- practically the beginning of summer. Um, and that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. It's June 1st. Oh, that's sad in a way. I feel like I was just looking back and it was April 1st and we were just getting the baseball season. Um, You know, talks of, of the baseball season being delayed just a second ago. Now we're already, you know, over two months in. It would have been. Um, And of course, with the NBA, they're starting to, um, they're still talking about revamping and, you know, maybe heading straight into the playoffs and, you know, a, um, a rest of the season that would not include the Knicks, obviously. Um, so that's what's been happening in the sports world. Um, obviously, there's been some some crazy, um, unfortunate events going on in the real world, you know, in society. And I don't usually like to, uh, I don't like to bring up this type of shit, you know, societal issues in politics, because this is a sports podcast. It's just supposed to be an escape. So I'm not really going to touch on that. But I just really quick, I just want to, you know. Uh, we're praying for for praying for the people in Minneapolis and you know the, the unfortunate events that have taken away small businesses by these you know these barbaric animals out there who just who are tearing apart society and just creating even more issues you know this was supposed to be something that gave us focus on an, on a tragedy that happened instead we're kind of you know taking the attention away from that specific event um you know, when that cop killed Floyd, that was supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be focusing on that. And it kind of started out with protests and then it got out of hand, you know, it just became people looting and, and rioting in the streets. So I just want to really quick, I just want to pray for people who are, are involved in this. I want to pray for the police. And it's unfortunate that our, our wonderful law enforcement all around the world, you know, 99% of them, 99% of them really who are just wonderful at doing their jobs. It's unfortunate that they have to, 
kind of get a bad rap now and you know the, the narrative is kind of shifting against them it's unfortunate there's a lot of bad things unfortunate things happening right now so i just want to give my prayer some and hopefully america can get back to where we were you know and be better than we were yesterday that's the end all be all here that's what we want to achieve we want to be better than we were the day before but yeah i don't want to you know i don't usually like bringing up you know things that aren't related to sports because then i you know it's it's not what this podcast is so here on bd4 guys we're going to continue talking about sports and picking apart anthony edwards tonight combo guard from uh uga from georgia played for the dogs for a season before he declared for the draft um so we're going to get into his pros cons and you know potential fit with the knicks if they decide to draft him and all that stuff but yeah um I've not been doing much. You know, I did take a couple of days off from the podcast as you, you know, if you follow us, if you subscribe to us, you would know if you, if you keep up with us, you know, this is about, I don't know, a three or four day layoff, which is honestly probably our biggest layoff in a long time. We've been busy during this quarantine, uh, <laughs> but um, no, we're back here. I just decided to take a couple of days from, got tired of just reading up by it, it, Covering the Knicks so often, as often as I do, gets tiring. Believe it or not, it does. Um, so I had to take a second. Um, <laughs> but we're back. You know, we're, we're doing as we said and going to cover Anthony Edwards. And I actually, um, you know, past couple of days I've been, um, there was that new Lance Armstrong 30 for 30. Um, I'm still not finished with the first part. I know the second part was um, they played it last night, Sunday night. Is today Monday? Yeah, um, times, uh, times all mushed together right now for me. Um, but yeah, the Lance Armstrong 30 for 30 seems to be very good so far for me. Now, I don't know if it was just a two part thing. I think it is. I think it's over now, but you know, I like it so far. I'm about 50, 45 minutes into the first one. Um, that's very good. I actually still have to, speaking of documentaries, I I still got to catch up with the, um, fucking last dance. You know, and honestly, I might at this point, it's been so fucking long since I've watched the last one. I might as well just watch one to 10 all over again. (laughs) I think I was in the middle of the seventh one. And, you know, I'm not just going to go back and watch from that exact point. It just doesn't make sense. So I think I have to rewatch that. And then, you know, I'm very, I'm I'm like that a lot whenever I watch TV shows, Um, unless I'm really, really intrigued. You know, I have a terrible attention span. So unless I'm really fucking interested in what i'm watching and not that the jordan docuseries wasn't interesting it was but again i'm very adhd my attention span is fucking ass so you know i can easily just i'll get back to it. i procrastinate i'll get back to it i never do i'll get back to this i never get back to that i'll get back to this one it's i'm very like that and it's on to the next one i'm very very um add so <laughs> um but uh that's it. That's really all that's been going on. Just me being unproductive as usual. So let's let's head to break, guys. We're going to head to break. And as soon as we get back, we will discuss Anthony Edwards and, um, you know, his potential fit with the Knicks, his, you know, um, strengths, weaknesses, and all that fun, fun stuff. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. All right. Hey fellas, 
Really quick, before we continue with the show, I just want to remind you, if you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, be sure to do so right now. Just go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. You know, somebody who's very, um, and again, don't I say this all the time? <laughs> Interesting prospect. Um, but Anthony Edwards, no, he is. He's very, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I wouldn't hate the choice, but there's a lot of ifs and the upside is there. Um, you know, obviously though, the Knicks, <clears throat> they're looking for any kind of guard who can, who can, you know, create and kind of knock down the shot. And um, speaking of knocking down the shot, before we exactly pick apart Anthony Edwards, that's kind of been in the in the headlines, I guess, a little bit, that the Knicks um, are reportedly looking for a lead guard who can, <clears throat> I think Ian Begley quoted, knock down a shot. You know, and they're also looking for a forward who can stretch the floor. Um, you know, these guys that could complement R.J. Barrett. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's kind of been in the, in the uh, you know, I guess headlines a little bit uh, looking for a lead guard who can knock down a shot and a forward who can stretch the floor. Um, you know, and obviously LaMelo ball has intrigued the Knicks to where, you know, to a point where we're kind of hearing that he could, that Leon Rose might want to trade up for him. If the Knicks don't get the pick they're looking for, you know, the lottery. Um, so that's an opportunity, but you know, when I heard that they were looking for a forward who stretched, who could stretch the floor, obviously, um, like every other Knicks fan, you know, Carmelo Anthony came to mind. Um, everybody's kind of pushing this, you know, narrative, I guess, of a mellow reunion, you know, kind of a homecoming to to cap off his career. <laughs> While it sounds really bittersweet, it sounds fun, awesome, heartwarming, whatever you want to call it. I don't know how that would work. I don't know if that would be good for him. I really want to go. I want him to go somewhere where he could find success, man. One last time to just try and get that ring. And even if it's not going to get him a ring, I want him to play on a team that at least goes deep in the playoffs. You know, I feel like him, yes, it would be nice for him to come home to New York and end his career there. We could re-sign him and, and he just come back home. And, you know, but I feel like for him, it, it's just, I, if, he, if I were him, um, and I'm not really sure how he's thinking, Melo, I would want to fucking go and try to win real quick and then maybe play an extra year and come back home later. But, but no, he, we're talking about him because he's a free agent coming up. Um, and, and, you know, people, he could still hit shots. He, he scored 15 points tonight um, for the Blazers this past season. They could still put the ball in the bucket. He's a professional bucket getter. Um, he still has that knack, but, and also you have to think, is it really the best idea, you know, for the Nick youth? We're still trying to, you know, our number one priority here is to still build around our kids and get them their touches, their shot attempts, their ball time, right? And it is Carmelo Anthony, who's still very ISO reliant. Yes, he could be a catch and shoot spot up guy here and there, but he's still going to do his little ISO game in the, in the, in the mid post and play his game there. He's still kind of going to 
take his shot attempts? You know, how much of a backseat could he take? You know, I'm not sure that's the best option here. You know, if we had issues with Portis and other guys taking away ball time and touches and shot attempts, I don't think that's going to change under Carmelo Anthony, professional scorer. I just don't think it would be a great idea. Trust me, I would love it. You know, very under the radar. I would not be, you know, I, well, I wouldn't love it. You know, let's be, I wouldn't, it hurts to say, because again, this is the dude who kept me with the Knicks, right? I always say Jeremy Lin got me into the Knicks. I hopped on the bandwagon, not going to lie, but Carmelo Anthony kept me here. That 2013 season kept me here. Um, Unfortunately, he's gone now, but I just don't think it would be the greatest idea. Okay. That's just, I don't see it, but you know, you've got Gallinari. He could probably, <laughs> you could make a little reunion with Danilo Gallinari, the rooster, um, you know, and represent the green, white, and red. Um, Bertans, the Bert Davies Bertans, excellent stretch four. We've heard talks about Christian Wood, a young kid, power forward, who could potentially be part of your future. Another building block. So I think there are some other options here that the Knicks should look at first before thinking about Carmelo. And then there's also the choice of do the Knicks go an unorthodox, you know, route in this upcoming draft and and select Obi Toppin, right? And then have Lamar Peters be their lead guard, you know, from Westchester. Maybe give him a shot. I'm really high on Peters's uh potential. I really am. I think he could be a big part of their future. Um but there are some options, you know, that, that's, that's a good thing. It's never bad to have options. Um, and then the last couple of things we've heard are, are or last one thing, uh, Tom Thibodeau is still kind of reportedly the heavy favorite under, uh, you know, for Leon Rose. And I think that's the one he might go with in the end. Um, we've also heard many Knicks fans at least want Kenny Atkinson. You know, a lot of people don't want Tibbs just because of his old school style. I love the old school style. Um, I do think there needs to be a balance and I just worry that he's not going to really help develop some of our kids. And he's going to prioritize the vets again, like we had in the previous two coaches three really. Um, but Kenny Atkinson also, I think he's planning on interviewing. There's supposed to be an interview with the Knicks. Now I'm not sure how that's going to go down, you know, with the virus and everything. It might've already happened, but there was that. Um, Kenny Atkinson. So, you know, just, just a couple of headliners. Um, but let's get back to, uh, to Anthony Edwards. That's really who we're supposed to be talking about, um, tonight. So I don't want to waste too much of your time, um, talking about, you know, rumors. So Anthony Edwards, um, yes, a, a combo guard who's about six, five, two twenty, six nine wingspan. So good size combo guard from Georgia, 18 year old kid doesn't turn 19 until August. Um, and he had a productive season for the Bulldogs, you know, across 32 starts um, where he averaged 33 minutes a night. He put up 19.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, 2.8 assists versus 2.7 turnovers. And he shot um, a shooting line of 40.2% from the floor, 50.4% from two, 294 from three, and 77.2 from the free throw stripe. Um, did this on a volume of 15.8 field goal attempts, 8.1 two-point attempts, 7.7 three-point attempts, and 5.3 free throw attempts per game. Defensively, gave you 1.3 steals, 0.6 blocks per game, and 2.2 personal fouls. 
So productive line, right? Some efficiency issues, which we will touch on, but also we're going to touch on his ability to put the ball in the bucket. Um, so yeah, he's somebody who uh, I would say he's a top three, you know, pick um, projected to many have him projected to go number one. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would say don't expect him to be worse than number three on the board. And um, yeah, you know, I think the ceiling here, if he can keep improving on his flaws and and maintain the strengths that he already possesses, you're seeing a star scoring guard, you know, an all-star, fringe all-star maybe, but a guy who's definitely going to put up some numbers and be a good starting, you know, scoring guard. Um, that's the ceiling. Uh, I would say the middle ground slash floor, maybe middle ground, um, six-man type, but you know, worst case scenario, if nothing goes as planned and this kid's just not what everybody thought, mid to low rotational player, right? So now some of the comparisons I've come across, um, I really don't hate any of them. I, I see similarities in each of these. Um, I've seen Russell Westbrook, um, maybe because of the big bodied combo type of, of build, um, Bradley Beal. Yeah, I see the smooth type of uh, swagger, maybe. Uh, Lance Stevenson in his in his prime, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, and then Zach Levine, um, one I came up with personally, J.R. Smith in his prime. Um, and then I've also heard actually my buddy made this comparison, um, Colin Sexton, which we'll, we're going to touch on that comp a little bit later. Um, yeah. uh, but because um, it's not the greatest comparison, but. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much that. And now some of the strengths of his game. Let's go over some strengths, weaknesses, and maybe the swing factor here. Um, but some of the strengths, I would say, number one here is his athleticism. Um, I also have his size and strength, shot creating, shooting upside, and then defensive upside. Um, now we move on to some of the weaknesses. We'll talk about the shot selection and facilitating. We'll talk about his defense and his motor uh, as a weakness. And then you know the big swing here, the swing I would put, be his shooting and defense. If they contribute, I mean, if they um, continue to improve, that'll really depict his NBA future. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> let's start with the strengths. Uh, we'll start with the size and strength as, as his first pro. Um, but yes, very good size for a combo guard. I think he's more of a two than a one. Um, he's got great height, weight, wingspan, everything very solid. For, for two, um, you know, so he'll provide some lineup flexibility to the New York Knicks just because of that alone. Um, and he's a good finisher at the rim, you know, given the size, he absorbs contact very well. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm talking off the top of my head here. I do not have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he was over 55% at the rim this past season with Georgia. Um, don't hold me on that exactly, but I'm pretty sure he was above that mark. Um, and then, you know, obviously the size would also indicate that he has some defensive potential uh, at the same time. So that's, that's pretty much all we've got for size and strength. Um, and then the number one, you know, the focal point of his game is that explode, that, that physical specimen. He's an athlete, a pure athlete, just explosive all around as an athlete. Great vertical, so he can dunk over anybody, and he does. And he's also got great straight line speed. You know, great straight line athlete with, with speed that could just blow by. Good, quick first step. Um, very quick to the rim. Gets there effectively and easily. Um, and very tough to contain because of that speed on the break and transition. You know, somebody who can score on the break or even facilitate on the break. So he's very multidimensional when he's in the open court. Um, Anthony Edwards. 
So the athleticism is there, the size and strength is there, two very important factors for a guard. Um, and another important factor for a guard, you want to be able to create your own shot. And obviously that's, again, what the Knicks are really looking for right now. Somebody who has the ability to create a shot for himself and teammates. And Anthony Edwards has a solid, good handle. I wouldn't call it an advanced handle or anything like that, not top level, but it's good. It's good enough right now to where he could become even better at it. Um, you know, he can fluidly piece together solid dribble moves and, you know, create space doing step backs, <clears throat> excuse me, sidesteps. And um, he's very shifty with the ball. Good footwork. You know, he likes that. He's got a pretty sharp jab step, quick and sharp. Um, likes to use it on the three-point line. Um, and he's good in one-on-one -on -one situations because of his ability to kind of, you know, um, handle the ball. Um, and then the shooting upside, you know, he can create shots. Um, but, you know, I guess the big question here is, is he going to consistently make his jumpers? Um, you know, does he have that three-level potential someday? I would like to believe there's something there in terms of his jump shooting. I think he has pretty good form. It seems like the mechanics are, for the most part, in sound. Um, pretty quick release. You know, I like, he likes to pull-up jumper. You know, I know he likes to shoot that pull-up mid-range a lot, sometimes to his own fault. There's potential there. Um, he likes those off-balance jumpers, you know, similar to Cole Anthony, who we just dove into in episode 131, um, where he likes to shoot off the bounce and take those, you know, Derrick Rose-esque mid-range jumpers where he, where he elevates over the defender. You know, he's he's also good, though, as a spot-up guy. He, he can set, when he sets his feet, right, and he shoots standing still, he's pretty good. He's pretty effective there. Um, I think he had about 10 or 11 more pull-up jumpers than he did games played this season, so pretty good uh, so I think there's spot up potential and there's potential to be good off the bounce I just that's it, I think it's more about shot selection which we'll dive into in just a second um, the last pro positive here I have is the defensive upside and the potential to where he could eventually become a a defender who could check all three positions right he's got the athleticism with quick feet and quick hips he's got the size the length the strength and, and pretty good reaction timing as well to where I think he'll be able to be pretty versatile defensively if he can continue to, um, you know, give a better effort. Um, he'll be able to check three positions at the NBA level, you know, so some potential as a point of attack on-ball defender, you know, and maybe some off-ball potential too as a help defender because of that quickness and reaction timing. Um, but now the weaknesses, they're not many, but they do hold a lot of weight. Um, so the number one thing I have is shot selection and facilitating. Um, again, it's, uh, you know, he's got the size and play style for a two guard. And, you know, so the Knicks are looking for a point guard. If they get Anthony Edwards, I don't think he's going to be your, your, you know, your true point guard. I think he's going to be one of those, you know, more of a high volume streak shooting guy, you know, who's just all about buckets and that's not bad you know I'm not saying it's bad for him but is he the best fit for the Knicks somebody who's very you know at times he can be very inefficient and inconsistent um that's why I made the J.R. Smith comparison um you know he's all about scoring and that's not bad right he, he scored in double figures in all but just five of his 32 games but you know it came at a cost sometimes you know he was below 40 percent from the field in 13 of those games, uh, below 30% seven times, and, you know, shot 50% or above in just seven of those 32 games. So, 
he had his issues. You know, he settles for so many jump shots, guys. So many jumpers he settles for where it, it just bothers you, right? You know, with that size, with that explosiveness, he needs to attack more and optimize his tool set much better than he does. I feel like he needs to take advantage of his tools and his abilities. Um, but, you know, he for a guy who took eight three-pointers a game, you know, it's not pretty when you're shooting sub 30%. That's not a good look. You know, high volume, low efficiency is the absolute worst, you know, disparity there is. Um, you don't want that, you know. And this is a guy who shot 50%, again, inside the arc. So I just thought, you know, with his ability to get to the rim and being so quick and so explosive at the rim, why didn't he do that more? Why doesn't he? Will he in the NBA, right? You know, I just feel like if he continues to play, you know, the way he does with more of a lower IQ than a higher one, it could be a nightmare pairing with someone like Julius fucking Randall, right? You know, it could be an inefficient, jumper-happy, too-much-freedom offensive scheme when they both share the floor. Could you imagine how ugly that could get? Sure, there are times where they could potentially look unstoppable, but it could really, really look bad and poor on the Knicks' part if those two just were off at the same time. So that's my big concern. You know, number one is shot selection and facilitating. Now, secondly, last but not least here, uh, to wrap it up for Anthony Edwards, it's that defensive motor. Not a good defender right now. It's simply, simply just because he needs to buy in more on that end. He is not always engaged, guys. He needs to give a better effort. Um, you know, he floats off the ball way too many times. Uh, you'll always see him standing upright. Very rarely does he makes that does he make that extra hustle play. You know, so he just makes you think. Does he really have that drive in him to be an NBA cornerstone? Right? And that's where the what we said we're going to bring back Colin Sexton. That was kind of where that comparison came to play. Um, somebody who just has all the athletic tools, but does he have the mentality to really, really thrive in New York? Um, I don't know, man. He's very interesting to me. Like I said, he's, I, I don't, you know, I'm not fully against drafting an Anthony Edwards, but I don't think he's in my top four. I, he might be fifth. You know, again, I say LaMelo and Killian are a 1A and 1B. Cole Anthony will probably be three. Obi Toppin will probably be four. Um, and sure, you could toss Edwards at five. I don't know. I, I have to finish doing our reporting, and maybe I'll pick him later on even. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's You let me know. How about that, guys? You let me know what you think about Anthony Edwards and you know, if you think he'll be um, an effective Nick. So we are going to... What time? It is... Yeah, it's time for... Uh, our NYY, NYK question of the day. Let's get to it. Okay, so last time out in episode 131, we asked you, Mello led the Knicks in scoring in 2013. J.R. Smith was second in 2013. Outside of Amari Stoudemire, who played in only 29 games, so we will not count him, who was the third highest scorer on that Knicks team in, ter in terms of points per game? So one last time, that was the question we asked last time out, um, and I'm going to give you the answer. It was Carmelo Anthony led the Knicks in scoring in 2013 with J.R. Smith second. Outside of Stoudemire, 
who was limited to just 29 games, who was the next highest scorer on that team. So we told you to message us on, you know, message me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or comment on one of the platforms that the podcast is on and let me know the answer. Um, Nobody actually, (laughs) nobody, as I expected, nobody came through, but the answer is Raymond Felton, who averaged 13.9 points through 68 games that season. Raymond Felton was the third highest scorer on that Knicks team back then. But hey, they were good. They won 54 games. So so that's the answer to that question. Now, tonight's question. All right, another one. Uh, this was, uh, let's see. Okay, here it is. Outside of Alfred Payton, who led the Knicks with 7.2 assists per game this past season, who is the Knicks next best assists per game player? So outside of Alfred Payton, who led the Knicks with 7.2 assists per game, who had the second best assist per game on the Knicks this past season? Pretty funny answer. <laughs> kind of just gave it away if I said that. But um, yeah, let me know by messaging me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or comment on any of the platforms that BD4 is located on. Guys, thank you so much for coming by. I really appreciate all the support I'm getting. Um, And once again, man, I just please continue to pray for America and our wonderful police force and, you know, and the unfortunate events and for all the small business owners and every one of your lives matter. And, you know, that's, that's the way we're going to go here. Um, so hope everybody is, um, is all right. And let's keep, uh, let's keep a positive outlook on this whole thing. Hopefully we'll be all right in the end. So guys, thank you for coming by. That's going to be it for, for, um, this episode of BD4. I'm your host, Rob Carbone with episode one, 32 of BD4. Guys, thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Ciao.